0: Painful sex, peeing when you sneeze, heavy menstrual bleeding, hemorrhoids, these are just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to crap women deal with after childbirth, surgery, or just living life as a woman. Yet no one talks about it. How can we live our best life as a woman, mom, partner, and athlete without having to settle for average sex or dirty pants? This is the question, and this podcast will dive into real answers. If you get offended easily, this is not the podcast for you. We get real, and sometimes real isn't pretty or proper. If you have young ones nearby, we suggest you put in headphones. We are Joss and Jenny and welcome to Real Talk with the Pelvic Docs. Before we get started, if you like what you hear, follow us on Instagram, at the Vagina Doc, and at PelvicBoxer. DM us and we will personally answer your questions. For this episode and all future episodes, please keep in mind our disclaimer. The information on this podcast is intended as general information only and should not be substituted or used in lieu of medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now, let's dive into today's episode.
1: Hey everyone, Jocelyn here. I'm super excited to share this episode with you. I got to sit down with Abby Way, new mom, living outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Abby and I go way back in our old basketball days. She is about eight weeks postpartum. And before that, she was super active and she was active throughout her pregnancy and then slowed down towards the end and then had an interesting experience through the labor and delivery and then the early postpartum healing process. So I think her story is great to share with you. Super excited for you guys to listen to this. If you have any questions, reach out to us and you can find Abby on Instagram at absolutely Abby 11 and there's an E in the Abby so enjoy this episode and I'll see you next time what's up Abby how are you hey a long time no see it's been over 10 years yeah
2: it's crazy I never in a million years thought I'd be talking to you today about this stuff it's just funny how everything works
1: yeah uh, so, just a little background. I uh, Abby and I played basketball against each other for how many years was it? Was it middle school and high school?
2: I I only remember high school, but it may have been middle school. Um, I graduated in two thousand eight. Okay, right then. So my sister was two years younger.
1: So her sister and I were in the same grade. So she and I would like literally tear each other's throats apart. Abby still was was not my favorite person back then, but you know, you know how that goes. Over it now. So uh, I wanted to bring Abby on this morning because she has a really interesting story. She was just a, a badass athlete, from what I remember of her, and she reached out to me about just things uh, regarding postpartum healing. And I, what I see in the clinic is that women come in and they're completely clueless, and they get back into exercise, an intense exercise, a little bit too early, which sometimes puts them in a uh, compromised situation in terms of healing. So, Abby, thank you so much for coming on. I am super excited to hear your story and. Let's just get started with you telling me a little bit about your background pre baby, and then how your pregnancy went, and then we'll dive into postpartum.
2: All right, sounds good. So, like you said, you know, sports were my entire life. I was huge in basketball growing up. Um, played from the time you know I could walk until all through high school, and then I actually ended up being a pole vaulter in college. I went to East Carolina University, which is in Greenville, North Carolina but I still would play pickup hoops all the time. I was obsessed, still am. Um, And then after college, you know, you go through that phase where like, now what, you know, after being an athlete and playing in college. uh, And I kind of got into CrossFit a little bit, but we didn't really have many gyms around my area for CrossFit, so I kind of just did it on my own and loved working out. Um, I went into radio after college. Uh, covering sports, and then I switched it up and did TV news for a while. And now I talk about snow at a ski resort. I'm the social media manager at Seven Springs. Uh, so I get to snowboard at work and, again, still being active all the time. So it's a huge part of my life. Uh, so when I became pregnant, I, of course, wanted to you know, keep things going, keep working out, and that's what I did. And I was active my entire pregnancy. I went to the gym up until about 35 weeks pregnant. Um, and then towards the end, I did dial it back a little bit, mostly long walks and, uh, yoga, stuff like that at the end. But yeah, pregnancy was pretty easy, um, besides being swollen and gaining 60 pounds, but (laughs) we're getting there.
1: Did you feel like
2: when you, from, as
1: you progressed to your pregnancy, was it a hard adjustment in terms of like how in control you were of your body? your whole life, and then this shift.
2: Yeah, it was definitely tough. Like I said, I did gain 60 pounds, and, like, obviously saw the physical changes, which was hard, but I think the harder part was seeing what I couldn't do anymore because, you know, I was so focused on performance. So not being able to run a mile in a certain time or do as many pull-ups as I could to not being able to do any at all you know, it was shocking and it was hard, but you know, I just accept it and say, you know what, I'm pregnant and I'm growing a baby. And that takes a lot. So it's okay, I'll do pull-ups yeah. when I'm done. Yeah. But obviously not too soon, which that is what I didn't realize is um, how to come back properly. I had no idea what could happen if you push it too hard after the baby.
1: What's uh, What trimester would you say was the hardest period?
2: Uh, I think the first actually, because I had morning sickness. And I in my mind, I kept saying like, it set me back is the way I was thinking from like a gym standpoint, because I was so sick. I'd just go home from work. People didn't know I was pregnant at that point. So that was mentally tough too. like, thinking people don't know why I'm just like off my game in every single aspect of my life right now, I would go home and lay on the couch and like eat crackers. So I'd say that was the toughest part just dealing with the morning sickness the first trimester.
1: Um, I have to ask, did you have any urinary leakage through your pregnancy?
2: I actually didn't, like I was still doing double-unders right up until the end pretty much, like said, probably 35 weeks at least. And people would always ask me that, be like, how are you not peeing your pants? I said, I don't know. But I really didn't have that problem. I had to pee a lot all the time. That's pretty common. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So at that
1: 35 week point, did you, were you just tired or did you just feel like, okay, I'm 35 weeks. It's probably a good idea if I just scale back or.
2: Yeah. I think it was actually back pain. Back pain is what had me stop. Yeah. That started setting in.
1: Did you use a belly brace or a sacroiliac joint belt?
2: Nope, I didn't. Um, I ended up going to a chiropractor at the end for the first or the last couple weeks, which did help. Um, But besides that, I just eased back on everything and that was about it.
1: Did you know of anything that, so one thing that whenever I get a a person come in and she's pregnant, when I teach her about breathing and the transverse abdominus muscle, they're so woke they're like, "Oh my gosh, I never knew knew that muscle even existed." And so that seems to really be the game changer throughout the rest of the pregnancy. And I also introduced the pelvic floor. Were you aware of either of these muscle groups?
2: No. I mean, I've heard of the pelvic floor and I would basically see things on Instagram about I'm going to totally butcher this, but is it the diastasis recti? Thing, oh, like,
1: yeah, I mean, you could call it diastasis, diastasis.
2: Yeah, so. yeah. I would see that on there and see stuff about pelvic floor. Um, and my sister is a physical therapist and mentioned to me that I might want to look into this women's health physical therapy afterwards. Um, but besides that, I didn't really think much about it. Good job, Shelby. Yeah. <laughs> <you can>.
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, so there is, you know, there... It amazes me the lack of information out there through all of the transitional periods in women's lives. But we're getting there. I mean, you're coming on and you're talking about your experience and I think that is huge. So again, thank you. You're welcome. Um, let's talk about uh, now your the delivery process. Did you have, okay, so tell me this. Did you have any plan going into it? Like no. The way you wanted to, did you get, mm.
2: okay, no plan. No, I was, I'm always just been like very like, I'll figure it out as I go. I don't stress about a plan. Like even like the nursery and stuff, you know, I wasn't like super prepared. Like some of my other pregnant friends were It's like, I'll just figure it out when we get there. I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. It's like we'll figure it out we'll get the clothes after i don't need like a pink or blue nursery We'll We'll you know same with the delivery i was like the doctors will tell me what to do when i get there i didn't do any classes i how- watched youtube videos though i will say that yeah. <laughs> i love the videos for classes but we didn't go to classes
1: that's okay uh yeah. did, how was your relationship with your uh ob
2: Well, the place I go, I do like that there was only two options. So I know some of my friends went places where it could be like 10 different doctors might be doing the delivery. For me, it was only two. And I actually had to switch um, about halfway through my pregnancy because I moved to a different area. So I did get new doctors. So that scared me at the beginning, but um, I did like them both. So, but I, you know, I feel like they didn't even really talk much about what was going to happen or delivery. It was just like, okay, call if your water breaks, you know, or if you start having contractions, that was about it.
1: Yeah. One thing I'm trying to get women to do, and I'm I'm walking probably a fine line, but that's just how I am. And I'm not afraid to, to, to go here because I know the impact. Uh, And one thing I'm trying to get women to do is have the conversation with their team about if I tear through the anal sphincter complex, are you going to stick your finger up my butt to make sure I don't need surgery? Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) No, that didn't cross my mind at all. Um, And (laughs) because most women, nine times out of 10 that I speak with that tell me that they had a third or fourth degree tear or there, it was suspected they could have had a fourth degree but it was unlikely none of them had a follow-up uh, rectal exam to make sure that, that that complex is okay it is not it's not very common so speaking from experience at least from a clinician uh, perspective if you don't do it all the time it's it's scary to do it just every once in a while you know and you're yeah. not confident in your results, so it's easy to just say, nope, not going to do it. She'll be fine. Yeah. So trying to establish relationships with uh, OBs and midwives that are willing to do the damn thing because they need to. Mm-hmm. But it is uncommon.
2: Yeah, I just feel like, you know, ever since I've gone through my experience now, just seems like there's some type of disconnect from like this recovery standpoint with the doctors. It's, I feel like they just take one look and it's like, it's six weeks. Okay. You're good to go. Even if you're not. And that's it. You know, I was like, okay, like, can I run? Yeah. Like that was that you're good. You know, is I feel like they didn't ask what I would be doing. Just go do it. Whatever you normally did. So uh, to the listeners,
1: Abby and I were, talking uh prior to this like a week or so ago and i was telling her that the reason why this is the follow-up is because that really isn't their arena like the muscle healing and the rehab of the muscles and the pelvic floor and the abdominal wall and just a, a a woman's body is that there's a special profession for that (laughs) and there's a special, special area within a profession that deals with that. And that's what I do. And we're not really, people don't know about us. And I was telling her, I'm like, well, essentially what is, what happens during a vaginal delivery is the muscle tissues are stretched beyond probably three times their original length and different portions are stretched depending on where the baby is, uh, Coming through and think of it this way if if you uh, strained your hamstring or quad muscle three times and pulled it so it was three times its original length you would not be running six weeks post injury I mean that would be a substantial substantial rehab so we don't really know how these tissues heal as well as we know like the hamstrings for example but the hamstrings take in a like a moderate injury take like a year to fully heal. So um, I think there's just uncertainty with advice from the obstetric uh, camp because they just, that's not their their domain. And so if we can get the word out, like they they should be saying Immediately, like, hey, when you're six weeks, this is like rehab. You're gonna go to a physical therapist and make sure that physical therapist is specialized in pelvic floor rehab. Done. Mm -hmm. So it's not their fault. If anyone anyone's fault, it is it's the pelvic floor physical therapist. But sometimes they just don't give us the time of day, which is really frustrating.
2: Yeah. If it wasn't for my sister, I never would have even known that this is a thing. And just from talking to all my friends, it seems like. Nobody knows about it, and I haven't even gone to my first session yet with the physical therapist, but I've already been telling everybody I know that's pregnant, like, you need to make sure you look into this after you have a baby, just from talking to you and talking to other physical therapists. It's just terrifying to hear what could happen if you don't do this properly, coming back to working out. It's scary.
1: Well, I want, I, 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 it's a fine line of scaring People, right? So I don't want people to be afraid. But I would threaten you if you were not listening to me, and you just had, uh, if I just, if I was rehabbing you for, an, an a rotator cuff tear or an ACL tear or so, something like an Achilles tear. It, it, it's the same thing, or an, and I say tear, but I'm just talking about injury. I, you, it's just like wrapping your brain around like it's no different from other areas except this area is so connected to other areas of your body and you can't necessarily take off like if you hurt your knee you can go on crutches but you can't yeah. really ever stop pooping or peeing right yeah so just try and understand it from that perspective you'll survive it's just you you got to listen to your provider Mm -hmm. that's like so it's more mindset if anything like training your brain okay so Abby tell me about or tell us about your how the delivery how labor went and then how that process turned out
2: okay so at 40 weeks the on my due date I went in for I believe it's called cervidil it's uh, pretty much a medicine that's supposed to help you induce labor. And they said it should work within a few days. So it's a, at least for me, it was a 13 hour process where they gave me um, this medicine and I had to be in the hospital and be observed during this. And then they let me go home after 13 hours. Well, to everyone's surprise, my water broke about four hours later at two in the morning. And I turned around and went right back to the hospital. Um, And then I was in labor for 30 hours. So it was, pretty much like the 30 hours plus the 13 hours the day before turned out to be a really long couple of days. Um, not allowed to eat. only had the liquid diet during, you know, all this. So I was starving, like running on empty during this process, ended up throwing up during labor. Um, and then finally it was time to push. Did that for three hours. Um, ended up having to have the vacuum. help get the baby out um and the doctor said she had to pull really hard uh it was tough but uh not as tough as what happened after uh which i ended up having this weird type of complication that had something to do with blood clots in the uterus where basically um the doctor said the nurses didn't do a good job of making sure that all the blood was pushed out of me and that making sure my bladder was empty, which I did pee on my own after, but apparently I didn't pee enough and they didn't make sure that I peed enough. So for five hours I kept complaining that I was having these severe contractions, way worse than the actual labor and delivery. I I was getting to the point where like I was completely naked on the bed, ripping all the clothes off me, saying I was so hot, begging them to put ice all over my body. I mean, it was like extreme pain on another level. They eventually gave me morphine. They had a doctor that was on call. Come look at me. She basically looked at me like, I don't know what's wrong with her. Like call her doctor. So they got the doctor back and she had to do a sweep. She was like elbow deep after I was already stitched. And at that point it was like, whoosh, it was this huge sound. It sounded like a dam broke of just everything came out at once. And I ended up losing half my blood in that moment. And, um, that was basically it. It was like instant relief, but trauma. She had just stuck her whole arm in there after I was already stitched, but I was a lot better instantly. Um, but it was just like horrible recovery for the days after couldn't hardly walk, couldn't go to the bathroom myself, couldn't do anything myself. I couldn't hold the baby like without assistance. I was just extremely weak. Um, and had this really long, slow recovery at home where I was pretty much on the couch for three weeks before I hardly even stepped outside except for going to doctor's appointments. So it was tough. And especially for having a pretty easy pregnancy and delivery was hard and long, but what happened after was just so traumatic and unexpected. And that was the hardest part in this whole recovery process since then.
1: Did they give you blood transfusions after that? No,
2: they- then they talked about it. I I came in at a level twelve, and I'm probably gonna say it wrong, but I think it's at the hemoglobin level, that something. I was a twelve, and I dropped to a six, and then they tested me one more time, and I went to a seven, and I was discharged at the seven.
1: Man, that's like right at the line. I yeah, can't remember the numbers exactly, but wow.
2: Yeah, they said I was at the level which you could get one, but. The doctor explained it that there's a lot of risks with getting one so he just thought it was better if i got it up on my own so have you gotten that rechecked no Mm-mm. no they only did it one time and when i was at a seven and they just let it be at that
1: Jeez. so do you feel like your fatigue levels
2: are under control they're, i think they're a lot better Yeah, they did have me do an iron supplement for like a month, once a day, and I still take my prenatals and everything. Dang. Yeah, I was weak, so weak, and that was like really hard mentally too, not being able to do anything on my own, and like even breastfeeding, it was like a three-man job. My mom and my husband had to both help hold the baby and like hold my boob, you know, to be able to do it. I was so weak, I couldn't do anything. It was horrible. Surprised you were able to breastfeed
1: at all early mm-hmm. on. Dang.
2: Yeah. It was tough.
1: So, when you were in labor and you were in that 3-hour push pushing period. Well, first, did you have an epidural? Yes. Okay. Yes. Did that
2: wear off at any point? I think it did wear off. I mean, you know, this was my first time having a baby, so I'm not sure what it, you know,
0: the yeah. pain
2: level was supposed to be, but I was definitely pushing that button, trying to get more of that juice, (laughs) like during the pushing period, it didn't seem to touch it. Really? No.
1: Um, But it
2: helped the contractions and stuff, you know, after I got it.
1: How about, uh, so were you, was the baby not like progressing? Was it failure to progress or what was the deal?
2: I think they said it had something to do. With his head shape and my bones, like he couldn't get through, okay. else, I think. I and then the cord was wrapped around his neck at the end, which that doesn't have really anything to do with that. But yeah, it was a lot.
1: Was that at the very last period that mm-hmm. did not need to be put into, go into an emergency C-section mm-hmm. in that case? No,
2: I think it was when they got his head out, she saw it got it off right away and everything was okay with him. Yeah. Okay. Quick yeah, with it. How many so you didn't have an episiotomy,
1: but you did No, I did. You did, okay, that's right. You did. Yeah, yeah. How how many stitches did you have? I don't know. They didn't say. And uh how um, how how long did it t- did it take for you to stop bleeding?
2: Oh, weeks
1: probably four weeks. Okay, I mean that's pretty pretty standard. Mm -hmm. How uh, was going to the bathroom? How many how many weeks did it take you Uh,
2: to uh, not be afraid? Oh to not be afraid? I think honestly after the first time I wasn't afraid anymore. It was that first one that was terrifying. Like, yeah, I was a little bit scared. Like I didn't look forward to it after, but the first one was the most terrifying. Okay.
1: Did you use stool softener?
2: Yes. Yep. And
1: so now tell me, did you, uh, did you tear the episiotomy? Is it straight down or is there a, is it angled to one side? It's angled and have you looked at that area?
2: Oh yeah, yep, and it seemed like the stitches, um, like there was a little gap in the one spot, like it seemed like a stitch popped or something, and I, I was at the doctor within a week after. I was in like severe pain right away, and they had me come in after a week to make sure it wasn't infected or anything, which it wasn't, and she basically just said it was because of just all the trauma that I had and she said I was extremely swollen from the pushing. Yeah. And I mean I was there almost weekly getting checked. Was that on
1: your own accord or for instructions from
2: your own? Um, It was a mix of both. I was originally supposed to be seen two weeks after delivery but I ended up being there within a week because I called because it was like so severe. but then after that, I think she did have some planned ones after that. I think I can't even remember. Some of this is such a blur. But
1: I'm sure you've yeah. learned a lot. Yeah. So tell me now uh, the walk walk us through now your up to the six point, six week point, and where what kind of guidance you had on in terms of like what kind of things can you do to promote healing? Did you, were you told anything about uh, pelvic floor contractions, AKA kegels? Uh, Were you told anything about breathing, anything like that?
2: No, none of that at all. Basically just to do sits baths and keep the area clean. And that was it. So where are
1: you? You're you're what? Seven, eight weeks now.
2: I'm eight weeks now. Okay. I'll be nine. In two days.
1: When you went to your six week checkup, how did that go?
2: Well, I did not expect to be cleared because, like I mentioned, I have this little hole on the episiotomy line where it seems like a stitch must have popped. Like it just wasn't completely healed. I was still in pretty significant pain at this point. I just did not think she was going to clear me. I mean, I was going for walks for the stroller from about week four to six, like slowly built that up. But I really didn't ever expect her to clear me. And when she did, I even said, are you sure? I'm pretty sure there's a hole there. And she said, no, you're good. And that was that. And so that day or the next day I went for my first run. I did a mile very slowly. Um, But, you know, it felt fine. I was mainly just feeling weird in my abdomen, like not having felt that, jiggling before in my life like of all the extra stuff that's there now um but i ran about three times and went to yoga twice um but i was just so worked up about it i kept thinking this cannot be right to have this little hole there this it was just consuming me i was obsessing over it so i went back a week later and she cauterized it and she said oh yeah i I see what you mean now so she cauterized it and it was um not intact by the very next day So I was back, I think the next day or two days later and she stitched it. And then that only held for a couple days, went back, stitched it again. And now it has been four or five days since she stitched it and it's out again. So I go see her tomorrow. And she said, the last appointment she said, there wouldn't be any more attempts to stitch it, that this is basically just, I'm gonna have to live with this there. And when I have another baby, they can fix it then. Cause it will probably rip again. So
1: if there are any healthcare providers that are listening to this episode, particularly pelvic floor PTs, I would love to hear what you think about this. And, and I will be honest, Abby, this is like way beyond what I'm not going to give you any advice, but in terms of the stitch care, but I could tell you about the anatomy and I could tell you about the, uh, what the perineal muscles do and, how those are involved in the episiotomy process. And I could tell you that I would be thinking when you're all healed, scar, trying to promote, you know, healing is an appropriate scar formation would be ideal and a priority. But if I were you, I would be thinking like, if you were to let's, let's just take it away from the post, like anything with the vagina, if this was you and you were told that you had a partial ACL tear and you were told, Hey, you have a partial ACL tear and this you'll be okay. As long as you do not do you're you're at risk to tear it completely if you don't follow these instructions. So it's like, think of it as being very fragile and you're not, you don't have much wiggle room at this point.
2: Yeah. And yeah, that's the hard part. Cause it's like, I was already cleared once to do whatever I want. Didn't feel right. So I went back, you know, getting it restitched twice in a week. And now I'm back to thinking like, am I ever going to be able to run again and work out at the intensity I want to and just get back to like normal daily life and snowboarding at work. I mean, I go back to work in a month. It's going to be winter in two months. You know, so that's what's going through my mind right now is getting back, you know, fragile spot there. Uh, so you're so early. You
1: will get back to high-intensity training. It's just – it's a process. It's a healing process. And I think, I think part of my mission is to set the expectation of this whole process. Like, hey, as much as you're going to want to get back to what you know – You're gonna have to just not necessarily modify, but like find something else you love that is going to help you grow and adapt in a different way uh, while you strengthen the areas that need to be strengthened to be able to handle the forces that, you know, running, uh, any sort of functional fitness type exercises and snowboarding will, will do. Snowboarding, Mm. I think you would get back to faster than you think. Yeah. um, When you see your pelvic floor PT, that I'm sure they're going to check your abdominal wall, teach you anything about uh, regarding diastasis recti, teach you about the pelvic floor, and how to connect those areas, so that you know, like the little things, getting out of bed, just bending, Mm -hmm. twisting, feels like not so you don't feel so disconnected does that make sense mm-hmm.
2: yep yeah
1: so what would if you had if you were able to have a conversation with yourself uh before going into delivery or if you could if this were Shelby we gets pregnant <laughs> what advice would you give to her to not freak her out but also to to just help with that expectation phase or I guess like you don't want to be too give too much expectation but you also want to set like okay I know that I'm not going to get back to running until at least I'm going to say six months
2: that's a long time you know
1: you were an athlete you were an athlete suck it up yeah other things that they're available and I know that's hard like when someone's when I was told that I wouldn't be able to play my senior year of soccer. I was very depressed, like, for a long time, and it, but I am so much more mentally stronger. It's not easy for me to tell you this now, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but down the road, you're gonna, you're gonna be, it'll be easier to consume. Yeah. So tell, what advice would you give your sister, or your best friend, or whoever about this?
2: you know i i think it's important to remember that it took 9 months you know to grow this baby and for your body to adapt and be able to do that which is pretty amazing um you know and you got to give your body time to heal because that was a big deal and your body went through a major transformation and then like that huge battle of giving birth which isn't easy so it does take time um so i just think that's important to remember and i had a like some major concussion issues. I've had five or six concussions and the last one set me back. I had to quit my job. I wasn't allowed to even go for walks for three months. So I kind of feel like I'm like back to that point again, which was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life was recovering from that last concussion, having to make such major life changes. Um, But it all ended up working out in the end. And like you mentioned, I think it did make me so much more mentally tough. Um, To get through all that and I did kind of have to find new outlets like I had to completely switch my career and that's how I I ended up at Seven Springs because I couldn't take the lights of TV like shining on me and I couldn't take the schedule I had to be there at three in the morning so I had to completely change everything to get better so I guess I'm just thinking like might not be so drastic now to recover from this but just accepting that sometimes you do just have to like scale back and do whatever it takes to get better so you're not setting yourself back worse
1: how about see a pelvic floor PT yeah
2: (laughs) yeah and and that was the same too with like the concussion I did have to do therapy for that for like almost two years Wow. and yeah so it took a long time to recover from that
1: wow well so you do have those characteristics Mm-hmm. and traits to handle this the biggest challenge is now also navigating your role your other roles in life and still you know respecting uh or still also fulfilling your love for being active but
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know you're gonna get there and you and you're a badass at least from what I know of you so hey. I it's going to be okay. Um as for the last question I have because I am almost out of time is if we could if we could give advice, non-threatening advice or have a conversation with an OB that didn't necessarily refer you to PT, how would what advice would you give to an OB or OBs that could be listening?
2: Mhm. Yeah, well, like you said before, it's, you know, two different fields here. And I would never bash my doctor in that way. Like, I really do like her. And I think she's doing everything she can to help me in the way that she knows how. And she eventually did recommend PT. It took a while. um, But I think it just should be standard. I, I think this should be brought up while you're pregnant, even like, hey, keep in mind physical therapy you know, after you give birth, they can really help you get back to, you know, how you lived life before, you know, and help guide you. I think that's the advice I'd give is to recommend this because I had no idea about it. If it wasn't for my sister being a physical therapist, to even put this on my radar, she like left a book on my desk when I was pregnant that I never looked at. I was sitting by my bed for nine months and she said, look, there's exercises in here that you should be doing. I never once looked at it. <laughs> so she tried to help. It's the family I, thing. It's definitely
1: the family thing. My sister just doesn't listen to me. No, not, not yeah. everybody does. It's it's it has to be that. But, um, to are you? What do you expect for your first visit with a physical therapist? Do you know what's going to happen?
2: Well, I would assume that they're going to do some type of exam and let me know. I don't want to say what's wrong with me, but let me know what the issues are and i guess give me a game plan on how we're gonna fix it and get better
1: well i look forward to hearing about that um and i look forward to hearing how you progress there's going to be ups and downs but you've you've got through the ones that you've encountered in the past so you can get through these thank you so abby thank you so much for coming on today I'd love to have you again, like six months from now to see where's Abby now. Yeah, definitely. And in the meantime, um, if you want to, for the listeners, would you mind again, sharing how people can find you and follow you on your, on the internet or wherever you are?
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm most active on Instagram. My handle is absolutelyabby11. And uh, absolutely and Abby both have E's in them. (laughs) So it's at absolutelyabby11. And I do share a lot on there, you know, just from the concussion stuff to, you know, this whole being a mom thing. Now, I'm uh, pretty much an open book on there. So if you want to follow me, you can find me there. And I
1: I know I'm going to mention this in the intro, but you also are a, something, First Form Supplements?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I've been with First Form for about four or five years now, and it's uh the supplements that I recommend and that I use. Um, and if you want to know more about it, just shoot me a message on there. I uh definitely recommend the greens, and I'm big on the protein, the meal replacement, as well as the post-workout. So I keep it pretty simple with the supplements, but it's a brand I trust and love, and I like to recommend it to my friends.
1: Awesome. So if you have any questions, reach out to Abby on Instagram. And thank you again, Abby. I will check in with you later.
2: All right, sounds good, thank you.